Coach Dave Lato joins me here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Coach, as always, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, glad to be under the hood, my man. Hope you're doing well. Absolutely. Uh, I want to find out what you're doing uh, as of late, but I want to get into a couple of things when it comes to basketball. First of all, what coach in the country is not using what Giannis had to say after winning the championship for bulletin board material for inspiration? How great was his words all throughout the finals, all the way to getting his first championship? Yeah, you know, tremendous. And it speaks to what coaches talk about all the time. You know, one, growth and winning and doing it the right way and working and staying with the process, dealing with adversity, all the things that he's been through are all the things coaches talk about. And I think you know, it proves what kind of character uh, he has. And, you know, I think if, if you're not a big fan of his uh, anyway, especially right now, then you really don't understand the essence of what makes athletes so special. How, how much, Coach, has the philosophy changed for NBA teams? Three- and four-year college players, you say, boy, th- this is a player that's been through the rigors or he's been through a great program. How much has the philosophy changed for NBA teams, a three- or four-year college player, to an 18- and 19-year-old that has to grow up quickly? Well, I, I would go back three or four years ago. I was talking to uh, a scout who was a friend of mine, and he, and he said, you know, the younger the better. We like to get them as young as we possibly can with as much growth potential because when you put them in a system, particularly how we're using the G League now, uh, we can kind of put our hands and our fingerprints on them and develop them both physically and emotionally. Conversely, if you have a guy that's been around for three or four years, particularly if he's been through a, a high-quality program, you know, been around really good coaching and really good people, you know, Gonzaga, Villanova, places like that, Michigan State, then you know you're getting somebody with uh, not only a great work ethic, but somebody's been taught not just the game on the court, but the game around the game the right way. And so, you know, the eye of the beholder, um, and I think, you know, it proves itself out every year that those young guys are at the top of the draft board, but it's those guys that have been around a while that help teams win as well. You know, you spent, you, you spent time in the G League and being able to coach in that level, and I'm just amazed at how the G League has been able to grow. I was working with the Windy City Bulls doing some radio play-by-play the last couple of seasons, and, Coach, you can just see this, the development of players making their way to the NBA, and once again, because of um, of Ignite and a couple other programs, we'll see some other G League talent in this draft at the top of the draft, won't we? Absolutely, and you know I think it's transitioning year in and year out even more that it's used as a true minor league to develop. You know, we, we talked about it with Ignite, and you know, obviously Javon Green uh, comes to mind and Kabunga comes to mind, but uh, it's it's for guys that are that you know need that one or two years to kind of refine themselves and grow and learn and understand the essence of what makes a good player, what what the team is going to ask of you, uh, how you fit in, and all those other things that go beyond your talent. Paul Reed is a great example, uh, who left school a year early, uh, was a second-round draft pick, but ended up being the uh, not only the uh, rookie of the year, but the MVP in the G League bubble. So Though it's it's become a true minor league, kind of the way baseball has used it for years, mm-hmm. uh, without going through A ball and double A ball and up to triple A. How much does the program matter, or the the coach versus um, 
the program when you're trying to make a selection like if you are a, a general manager someone that is in a position to make a deal or make a draft pick how much is the program and the coach a factor over versus just the player and his raw ability a tremendous amount you know for for the many years when when i was an assistant and we had guys you know one or two or three every year uh, at Connecticut, and you can, you know, as again, I go to programs like Michigan State and the teams that year in and year out produce NBA level talent. But those guys have an opportunity uh, to fit into a system because they've been coached, they've been coached hard, uh, they understand work ethic, they understand stick to and most importantly, they've dealt with adversity and understand you know, that you're going to have to manage your way through sometimes without even understanding how and why to get to the other side which is the potential success and so i think it matters um you know there's always exceptions to the rule but you're always going to look for a guy that comes from a program where you understand that coach in that program has taught him the game and the game of life you know at at a high level Coach, I'm just going to ask you about a few players uh, that's going to take be part of this draft on Thursday, and I'll start from the top with Kate Cunningham. He's the consensus number one pick. Saw him at Oklahoma State, and he just just was able to shine above everyone else as someone that has a feel for the game. Uh, his defense is as good as his offense. What do you like most about Cade's game? Well, you know, as the song goes, smooth operator. Yes. He's a smooth (laughs) operator. And, you know, he's never sped up. Uh, He's deceptively quick, strong, fast. Uh, He he lives for the moment. He takes and makes big plays and shots. Uh, At 6'8", you know, you can put him in a lot of different positions. One, two, three. Uh, As you said, you know, defensively, he's he's proved himself a little bit. Uh, He's made perimeter shots he's gotten to the basket he's been a facilitator he's been a receiver so he's been a jack of all trades and he's done it at, a, at his own pace you know and, and and i think that's one of the biggest keys and that when you when you try to get especially on the perimeter smaller guys to get underneath him uh he's been able to handle it very very well so I, i'm also very interested in the jalens because these two jalen green uh from ignite and jalen suggs from gonzaga I expect them to be top 10 guys and maybe top 10, uh, top five picks. I'll ask you about Jalen Green from Ignite. Just because of the program he was in at Ignite and his ability to just be an electric athlete, what do you like most about Jalen Green? Well, I saw him more in high school than I did with Ignite. And you said it. the first thing that comes to mind is he's a, a generational athlete, mm-hmm. you know, that he does things that other guys don't even that are good athletes can and don't do so that will allow him not only to you know kind of like anthony edwards that went to tim will do some things that would amaze you but most importantly allow his game to grow athletes has have a tendency to grow quicker uh, because they can operate in tight spaces uh they go left to right right to left you know really quicker or, or better than most uh you know they can elevate over the top they can finish on breaks they can do things that are are not seen by the average guy. And so it makes him a high commodity. Uh, and then I think when you add the fact that he's got a year under his belt of, of being around the professional game, being around uh, uh, players and travel and uh, the things that you have to go through uh, makes him a little bit more ready than maybe somebody else. So the the other Jalen I want to ask you about is from Gonzaga, and that's uh, Jalen Suggs. And so uh, in, in an offensive league like the NBA is, 
it is really an attraction to see a player that's also a lock-in defender. Now, again, just in college, that's what I saw, Coach, someone that it was desirous to be able to get it done on both ends. I wonder how that translates to the NBA level. Uh, it, it does, you know, and, and he's a very unique guy, not just in that way, uh, but but overall, talk about a guy that was a it was a front line big time quarterback prospect. Uh, one it speaks to toughness to to play and excel at that sport at a high level, and two the mindset that goes along with the tools that you're speaking of that can allow him to be a defender, uh, be a, you know, all the things that you're going to need on the offensive end as well. And so, I'll be really really. Uh, intrigued to see his development because I think more than most any other guy, the sky's the limit because he's got some tools that you can't teach. You know, I, I, it reminds me not necessarily as a player, but a situation where, where Allen Iverson was such a tremendous basketball prospect, partly because he was a tremendous football player. And uh, Suggs is the same kind of way. And, and I think the difference. Uh, with a lot of other guys in Jalen is that his you know, from the neck up he's even more accomplished than he is with his physical attributes. You know, I think with Coach K retiring soon and Roy Williams hanging it up, maybe more, maybe the press and maybe more fans will understand how good Leonard Leonard Hamilton is as a head coach. Because Scotty Barnes, another guy, a forward from Florida State, could be a top five guy, and I maybe we'll start to get more respect for for Leonard because I think that he's able to develop again a guy in Scotty Barnes who we talk about defensive skills, right? He's got a def- on the ball defensive skill set, off the ball defensive skill set, hustle, rebounding. The shot has to improve, but at least the intangibles of trying to stop guys—that's not a bad thing. And and when you come in to the NBA, you know it, those guys that we've mentioned, and Scotty being the next guy, are going to go to teams uh, that have a specific need. Obviously, in the lottery, they they not winning, and so there's an emphasis put on them more than anybody else. And so they have to go through a learning process. If they develop that end of the court where you can defend, you know, then it, it's what one Milwaukee. The championship, other than you know, uh, the Giannis going nuts, is they added defense and toughness mm-hmm. and in Holiday and PJ Tucker. And so, when you have a guy that can play that end of the floor, it becomes such a value. But the thing about Barnes that's so impressive is he, he, he all through his high school career, he was more of a power forward. And I don't know if that's the true definition, but he was a front court guy that, and, and he transitioned comfortably. Uh, from my eyes anyway, to a point guard uh, and and did it around really, really good plays at Florida State. And so it kind of speaks to, again, the same thing we talk about with, when you talk about trying to draft a guy long-term is character. You know, uh, uh, no Coach Hamilton, obviously, for over the years, he raves about his ability to be coachable, uh, to, to have a thirst for the game, to be a film watcher, to be the first guy in, the last guy out. So when you, one, make that transition, but two, now this the transition to the NBA and do it at a different position, one, as you mentioned, a defender comes in, mm-hmm. but then the multidimensional aspect that he'll bring to the table. Coach, I know you still got some UConn intel. I know you got some guys that you're talking to. You guys, it's got to be someone you can tell me about because I'm head over heels for James Booknight. I, I think that this player can be... I think he could be very special. Um, the ball handling, 
the scoring, if he's healthy, and I know he had some issues uh, in high school with a, men- a torn meniscus, I think that he could be a really good player. 19 points a game. What are they telling you? I know you got some text messages. You got to know something about this guy. I think <laughs> well, he's special. I, I think, you know, all of the, the UConn guys, they're, they're very biased, quite obviously, but they've seen him every day. Mm-hmm. And he, the, the thing that, that I've talked to them about is, you know, he falls in line with all the other guys that have been perimeter players and, and wings, you know, those two, three guys that over the years, the Hamiltons, the Butlers, Allens, a guy like that, that he has that same level of talent. And, you know, I, I watched him obviously playing against him uh, last year and uh, phenomenal athlete. And, and again, athleticism basketball-wise is not just defined at jumping over the rim. And he does that at a high, high level. But his stop and start, his quickness to get from point A to point B, and I mentioned before with with uh, Jalen Green working in tight spaces. And then when he went to the combine, he put on a shooting performance that I didn't know he had. And uh, so his ability to shoot combined with the fact that uh, he'll do a lot of different things athletically makes him a, a great prospect. But with all these guys, Jay, you know, it's, it's going to be about two really, really key things. Um, work ethic, because there's an expectation that you work hard, but do you work harder than everybody else? And you go into a league with some really, really guys, some guys really, really dedicated to their craft and then character. You know, you're going to have to deal with adversity, being on a bad team. Uh, you're going to initially... Devin Booker is a prime example of both, an mm-hmm. extreme worker and a character guy that had to deal with adversity and came out on the on the right side of it, and, and Phoenix and he reaped the benefits of that. So all these guys are going to have to go through that, and I think that's what's going to determine who ends up in five years being the guy that we all talk about the most. All right, Coach, who is a better college player, Mo Wagner or Franz Wagner? <laughs> Well, you know, young, young uh, Franz is—he's—he's uh, he's got some some time to make up for his brother. Wagner had such a his older brother Mo had such a great college career, mm-hmm. and then he kind of you know bounced around a little bit. So he's still in the development stages. But I think Franz is is making quite a name for himself, uh, not just you know the things that he did in developing at, at Michigan and and uh, you know Coach Howard did a tremendous job of putting him in the in position to do some good things but even after that again the combine and the way he tested out and uh the things that he did you know overseas and so i'll be very interested to see how that comparison goes um is there a player that i did not mention that you're curious to see how they perform on the next level you know there's there's a bunch of guys and again i think the intangible i can mention a name or two and i will uh but it, it because what we see will not always be what we get. The, the end result uh, will be out. But I'll give you a guy that I'm keeping a very close eye uh, Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's rated pretty high as a, as a potential lottery guy. But I've seen him with my own eyes work out four or five times and watch him, obviously. And that Gonzaga team was so good. But the, the NBA game, because of the three-point shot and analytics, is about making baskets and making three-pointers. And he does that as well as anybody in the draft, right, better than anybody in the draft. He shot it at over 40% at Gonzaga. Uh, he's long at 6'7", so he can play off the ball. He's probably like Pat Connaughton for the Bucks, uh, but, he, but he can put the ball on the floor. He's an insatiable worker. He's got an uh, inner toughness about him. So that's the guy I think 
you know, I don't know if a lottery guy can be called a sleeper, but that's the guy I'm going to keep my eye on. Uh, headband or no headband in the NBA? Because head, <laughs> headband guy doesn't work in today's NBA. Yeah, I'm just yeah I, think that, I think he'll get some rookie hazing over that. <laughs> that's a good, all right, there's a name there. Um, I, I, I want to ask you about um, the way the Bucks were able to win their championship on that on that next level, Coach, because, you know, when when you see a team win an NBA championship, if you're a general manager, your front office said, well, how do they do that? How do they build that? Well, what we saw from Giannis is the ability from the foul line down to be unstoppable. And his, his three-point shooting did not resonate with me. He doesn't have to do that. Uh, if you're that dominant down low, just keep getting to the foul line. And I think that he was able to learn that more and more into the finals. I'm just wondering how teams will try to tailor what the Bucks did because in some ways, coach, in today's NBA, that was somewhat unorthodox. You had your Connadins, you had your Middletons making shots, but they were not wedded to the three-point line. Uh, you saw inside-outside play that I thought was rare in the finals. Yeah, so, you know, they, they and again, I, I'll say it again, they had to go through failure to get to this point, right? They were number one team in the NBA uh, a couple years ago. They went out in the first round. They absorbed the criticism, both Button Holder, 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 the coach, and John is a superstar. Uh, but they just kept, you know, coming back for more and improving. I think what they did in the offseason really helped them. So they knew they had to surround him with shooters. Middleton is about as good as it gets. You know, all the other guys that they've had that, that can make primitive shots, even uh, one of the twins as a center, they, they became a really good three-point shooting team. But yeah, they still lack that killer instinct. Yeah. So when you put Holiday, who is as good a two-way guard as he is in the NBA, tremendous, you know, scorer and facilitator, but a defender's the defender. And then P.J. Tucker, who added, as he mentioned, that dog, uh, to uh, a, a group of guys that already had some toughness. And so now those ingredients came together, the chemistry uh, came together and allowed Giannis to be who he is. Uh, didn't have to make a lot of threes, only shot in the mid-60s or low 60s from the free throw line. But when it counted the most, you know, he did his thing to, at a high level and got support in all those other categories from his teammates. Coach, tell me about what you're working with now at Overtime Elite. Yeah, it's a very, very uh, unique and uh, new concept that, uh, that the owners of, of the Overtime, which is a digital media company, had an idea a few years ago to create an alternative to um, the current system that, that players go through. You know, go to high school, uh, go to college, either one year or what have you, and, and then enter the NBA or play professional basketball. So we've talked at length, you know, everybody has in this basketball society about something different. Uh, it started with the G League, but this is a very unique concept where you're taking guys uh, that uh, project themselves to be both either NBA players or just professional basketball players, uh, having them forego their high school career either for one or two years and their college eligibility, get paid for it, and then go through this development program that is second to none. You know, obviously, you know, having the ability, and, and Kevin Ali is, is the head coach, and, and I'm going to uh, be by his side as one of his assistants uh, to coach him on an everyday basis without restriction. There's no limits on time. There's no limits on what you can do and how you can do it. So uh, it's an open canvas uh, that we can do anything with, but also to have him morning, noon, and night from a basketball perspective with guys that have got NBA experience, 
uh, can teach them from a skill development standpoint. And that's only where it starts. So obviously it's going to go to school and we've hired probably a staff of about 10 people uh, to educate them, you know, both one-on-one and in a small group uh, capacity. But the word professional goes beyond the court. And so there's, there's life skills, uh, there's operational and stuff, there's financial wherewithal and understanding literacy and understand what to do with the money that you're going to make, uh, you know, all mental health and wellness, all the things that you need to deal with being a professional that an 18 or 19 year old does not get when he goes to high school and goes to college. So it's a great concept. I think our competition right now is the unknown because it hasn't rolled itself out yet for people to say, you know what, that's a really, really good option. But it's caught fire and uh, we've got, you know, 13 guys signed up so far. Uh, almost half of them are international players because I think they've always gotten that concept mm-hmm. and, and not, you know, used high school as a development to get to college in the NBA. So it happens in other sports, you know, golf, tennis. And, uh, and so now the concept of doing it in basketball has uh, arrived. OvertimeElite.com is the website for people to go to to find out more information. It's OvertimeElite.com. So, Coach, I'm glad we were able to reconnect here. And uh, anything that I could do for you, of course, I, people have to know that I was the, the first host of the Dave Lato show um, <laughs> uh, many, many moons ago. Um, yeah, absolutely, my man. And, you know, always good to be first. And I'm, I'm going to miss Chicago daily. I love the city. Uh, I love the sports. You know, I listen to you all the time and, you know, continue success. And I'm only a stone's throw away down here in Atlanta. So I uh, hope to stay connected and hope to be on your show continually. Coach, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Okay, Jay. Thank you. Great to hear from Coach Lato, former DePaul and Virginia coach now working with OvertimeElite.com. Well, we'll have an aftermath of the NBA draft. And don't forget, we are brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Thanks so much for supporting what we do here on the podcast as well as the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. Mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time on the ESPN Chicago app and also on ESPN 1000 and locally 100.3 HD2. I'm Jonathan Hood. That's our look at the NBA draft. If you missed my conversation with Tyler Aki, as we broke down a lot of individual players, check that out here on the podcast as well. Find us on Spotify. Download the app there and uh, hear us on Spotify or, of course, the ESPN Chicago app, wherever you get this podcast. Thanks so much for your support. Under the Hood Basketball Podcast is brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook.